Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is the Lord our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 2 and 3, beginning on page 345. Why do the heathen so furiously rage together, and why do the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth stand up, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us break their bonds asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that dwelleth in heaven shall laugh them to scorn. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will hearse the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Desire of me, and I shall give thee the nations for thine inheritance, and the utmost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt bruise them with a rod of iron, and break them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye that are judges of the earth. Serve the Lord in fear, and rejoice unto him with reverence. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and so ye perish from the right way, if his wrath be kindled, yea, but a little. Blessed are the, all they that put their trust in him. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise against me. Many one there be that say of my soul, There is no help for him in his God. But thou, O Lord, art my defender. Thou art my worship and the lifter up of my head. I did call upon the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept and rose up again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid for ten thousands of the people that have set themselves against me round about. 
Up, Lord, and help me, O my God, for thou smitest all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord, and thy blessing is upon thy people. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The first lesson is the uh, eighth chapter of Genesis. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the of the 150 days, the waters decreased. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven, which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had abated from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and Noah knew that the waters had abated from the earth. So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which did not return again to him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth was dried. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird and whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and a very clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. 
Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the second lesson, beginning with uh, verse 24 of the seventh chapter of St. Mark. And from there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out, and her daughter lying on the bed. And again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephathra, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And he, he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. And they had a, a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away, and immediately he got into the boat with his disciples, and came to the region of Dalmanutha. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, 
and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just a few quick thoughts about today's lessons. Um, the story of Noah and the flood is an interesting one. You know, there's been flood stories throughout the world's cultures and mythologies, and it has been since about the 1800s, the uh, the fashion in intellectual circles to to 
theorized that the biblical account of the flood came from other sources, specifically the Mesopotamian stories of the Epic of Gilgamesh, where there's also a, a flood story. But one of the things that scholars don't look at and, and don't ever think about is if the flood really happened, then all of all of humanity traces their lineage back to Noah. It's a, a a genetic funnel where all of humanity beforehand comes in to Noah and his family. They're the only ones left and then spreads out. And this is, you know, interesting because there's been recent scholarship. There's a book called The Origin of the World's Mythologies by a, a guy named Wetzel who has studied all these these flood myths throughout all the world and has discovered that they are universal, that even uh, people in the South Pacific, Polynesians, who have been isolated have the same story. And so his, his uh, thesis is that there was a cataclysmic flood early on in humanity's um, development, and this was seared into the collective memory of all humanity. And so that's the origin of it, why this flood theme recurs so often throughout all the world that it can't be just transmission. It can't be one culture told the story and another one picked it up, that all of us share in this one story. This happened to humanity at some point in the distant past. And it's interesting in today's account, where we see that the the waters are beginning to recede and it starts with god causing a wind to go across the earth and this is a uh, a connection to creation where he breathed and breathed the spirit across the waters and so now we see him you know causing the wind to go over the waters and to cause the the waters to recede and then Noah sends out the, the raven and the dove. And this is significant because the raven can survive on plants and animals. He could, the, the raven could go out and, you know, pick on the, pick the flesh of the things that were floating on the surface who had died in the flood. But the, the dove needs, needs a nest. So it goes out and he comes back and he says that, you know, we read that there's nothing it had no ground to, to land upon. So obviously Noah looked at its, its uh, feet and saw that there was no dirt, no mud on it so that it couldn't find a place to rest. And then it brings back this branch. So it's evidently starting to do the nesting thing, seeking a place to put its nest. So when it goes out and finds a place, it doesn't come back. And then when the waters finally recede, it's on the first day of the first month, so the New Year's Day. And this is one year to the day when God first talked to Moses. It's been a year that this whole thing has been going on. And then he disembarks and offers a sacrifice. And we learned in our previous chapter that we discussed on Saturday that God commanded Noah to take two of every kind of animal, but seven of all clean animals. And so this is evidently the purpose of taking extra animals of the, the clean variety. And we don't mean eating cleanliness. We mean 
proper animals to be able to be offered in sacrifice. So they brought enough that when they landed, they could sacrifice to God. And that's what they do when they land. And it's also, I think, significant here that God partners with humanity for his own salvation in this case. And he places the hope and the future of humanity, not with a single man, but in a family. The family is the basis of all society. It's a basis of our entire lives. And he partners with us to restore creation in this case. And so that turns to our New Testament lesson where the promises of God beginning with Noah and continuing with Israel are fulfilled in Christ. And Christ partners with humans, with his disciples. And so the disciples are with him in this time. And we see uh, uh, three miracles occurring here. And with the Syrophoenician woman, uh, evidently she was quite wealthy. But Jesus' mission is to proclaim the coming of the kingdom of God to Israel. And so he's trying not to be distracted by by proclaiming the gospel to the Gentiles. He's going to leave that to his disciples. His mission is to Israel specifically, yet he still has compassion and heals the woman's child. Then we have this, this thing where he, he heals the, the deaf and mute man. And I always find this a very touching scene because it shows Jesus' humanity. He's, he, was a, he walked on the earth. He was in a time and place. He had you know, dirt under his nails. He, he would get a rock in his, his sandal. He was fully human. And here he's interacting with someone in a very personal way by you know, sticking his fingers in the guy's ears and spitting and touching the guy's tongue because this guy didn't have any other way to communicate and understand what was happening to him. Jesus met him where he's at and interacts him and heals him through things that he can understand. And that's always important to remember is that Jesus meets us where we're at and will, he doesn't talk cryptically to us. He makes sure that he's understood by us. And then finally, the, the feeding of the, the, the multitude here, this second time that it's occurred. Our, I think our takeaway should be that God, when we come to God, when we come to God through Jesus, we will be fed, even though things look inadequate. We don't know how it's going to happen. He will not send us away hungry. We will be satisfied and have enough to sustain us in our spiritual journeys and in our life. And when we go out and are, don't think that we're strong enough or don't think that we have all the answers or, or know everything that's going to go ha happen, we have to trust in God and he will give us enough to sustain us in our spiritual journeys. There's just some thoughts about today's lessons. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, 
we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. 